Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So each year, after the whirl of Christmas has subsided, after we've rung in the new year, a lesser-known celebration of our church comes and goes. The, the first Sunday after Epiphany, we keep our paraments white, and we celebrate the baptism of Jesus. And today we're using the lens of Mark chapter 1, verses 4 through 11, to encounter that story. Let me read those words for you now. Mark writes, John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water... He saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. It seems like we're in such a hurry in the church, doesn't it? I mean, we criticize our culture for throwing those Christmas trees out on December the 26th, but here it is, just days after the celebration of Jesus' birth, and we've advanced the story now some 30 years. We don't really concern ourselves with Jesus' childhood. Apart from one story that Luke tells of Jesus at age 12, we make the jump quickly from the birth of Jesus to the day of his baptism which marks the beginning of his ministry. But the story of Jesus' baptism is more than something intriguing that reveals just how in a hurry the church is to get to the meat of Jesus' ministry. The story itself is so compelling. As Jesus comes to the River Jordan, along with the countless others from Judea and Jerusalem, to be baptized by John, like everyone else, One more example, right, of Jesus becoming one of us. In the story, John the Baptist can sense already, though, that this Jesus is different. Perhaps he is the one he has been talking about who will baptize with something more than water, but in fact with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And though this is just the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ at this point in the story, we who read it 
on this side of Jesus' death and resurrection, we know that this Jesus will, in fact, be the one to rescue the people from the pit of death and separation from Almighty God. The voice bellowing from heaven makes it clear that this event marks the beginning of an unbelievable, world-altering ministry. And in the coming weeks and months, this story will once again unfold before us as we hear story after story of Jesus' teachings and and healings and exorcisms and, and the challenges as to his authority and, of course, his death and resurrection. But before we get there, right, before the story begins to unfold moment after moment, let's dwell today on Jesus' baptism, not just as a story that foreshadows the greatness of his ministry, which it certainly does, but as a story that draws us into our baptisms as well. Right? Today we have this chance to lift up this primary sacrament of the church and ponder its significance for our lives as people of God. Right? Let's spend some time today marveling at how God's word and this amazing gift of water come together in baptism to do amazing and miraculous things. And first of all, my goodness, before we can even get to God's word, it's worth marveling at the miracle of water itself. Let us never forget that God performs a miracle just in the water alone. Right? Think about it. Plain, ordinary water can hardly be called just water. Right? It's the difference between life and death. It covers two-thirds of the planet. It's completely integral to life. We drink it. We cook with it. We clean with it. We are born shortly after it breaks. And something like 60% of our bodies are made of it. My goodness, when it gets cold enough, it becomes a platform for fishing. The use of water in baptism, I think, is no accident. It is the most clear sign of God's provision that I can think of. It is absolutely everywhere, and yet none of us, even with our combined skill and determination and effort, could make a single drop of it. It is a miracle of God and tied into this miracle of life. And in our own society, water stands as the miracle of vocation, right? The very fact we can walk up to a a faucet or a fountain and just turn it on and watch the water flow is a sign of the miracle of human effort guided by God's hand, right? Plumbers and engineers and excavators and well drillers and others have needed to apply their God-given abilities into making sure this source of life makes its way into our homes and then back out again in its soiled form to be cleaned and reused again. The water in the baptismal font comes to us through such miraculous means. And who but God could count the number of times these exact molecules have brought life to to God's creation? Right? Even before they touch the heads of those who are baptized, God has already performed miracle after miracle through the water itself. 
So it seems impossible that there could be something greater than the miracle of water itself, but in a way that only God can do, he manages to attach something even more miraculous to the miracle of water in this sacrament of baptism. To the miracle of water, God attaches the miracle of new birth. We are born the first time when our mother's water breaks. We are reborn when the promises of God attached to this ordinary, extraordinary water break over us. Just as Jesus emerged from the water and was named God's Son, somehow we too emerge from the waters of baptism and are also named a child of God. At its core, being a Christian is about more than simply reforming your life or reframing from, refraining from immorality or, or doing the right thing, though God is certainly pleased when we do those things and refrain from immorality. At its core, though, being a Christian is being chosen by this gracious and merciful God. It is being utterly dependent on God for not only water and food, but for life and breath. Food for our souls, right? In baptism, God mysteriously gives us those things. Now, I'll be the first to admit that baptism doesn't always look that way on the outside. Often the ceremony of baptism is clumsy and and awkward as pastors trip over themselves and parents and sponsors try to say the right thing at the right time and older siblings, even cousins, try to borrow the attention for the day, right? Your own history with baptism is a mixed bag, I'm sure. Some of us were baptized because our parents, well, they just they wanted to be like all the other parents and just get it done already. Others were baptized because They or their parents wanted what amounted to hell insurance, right? If we were to suddenly die, they wanted to save us from the gates of hell. Others among us were baptized because you were stirred by the Spirit to present yourselves for baptism, or you were stirred by the Spirit to present your child for baptism, right? Or it could be some combination of all of that, right? And yet the same Lord was present in all of those moments, making promises so great that only he could keep them. And through the miracle of faith, right, God has done what he willed to do in baptism. Make a believer out of you. We are people who trust that God is with us through all of life's perils and pleasures. We trust that The good we do is by the grace of God. We trust that our efforts to be good people will be blessed by God to the benefit of of his creation. We believe that all we have, even plain old water, is a gift from God. No matter what the reason was we came to the font in the first place, God succeeded in performing a miracle through that water and his word. He has made us his very own through unbreakable promises and we can forever point to that moment when God adopted us into his forever family. And equipped with those promises, God sends us back into the world of water and animals and humans and work to be his people. Right? The joy of baptism 
isn't only that we will spend eternity with Christ. That's a wonderful gift and worth savoring, to be sure. But it's also that we spend today with Christ, working on His behalf in our own way in this world that He so desperately loves. All the while, we are confident that we belong to God forever because He's made it so in baptism. A couple of Sundays ago, we gathered with a very small group and baptized little Zoe Marie Knutson, daughter of Evan and Sonia Knutson. And certainly, we know there were all kinds of promises made to little Zoe that day. Promises so great that only God could keep them. In those waters, God took the miracle of water that substance so full of life, and added his amazing promises of forgiveness and everlasting life, and gave them to Zoe that day, that Sunday morning, two weeks ago. But God also grafted Zoe into the story of God's people, a story full of drama and struggle and chaos and turmoil, even death even as it's a story of God's promise through it all, right? We know there will be days when little Zoe will feel like she's been thrown into a deep, dark hole. That's the way life works on this planet. But even when we find ourselves in such a hole, we know this. Our Lord Jesus is right there in the hole with us. And this Jesus will never forsake Zoe. He'll never forsake you. Never leave you, never give up on you. That is the life of the baptized. And it is the life that we were baptized into as well. right? Called God's children forever and ever. Called to be witnesses to the power of God in our lives. Called to be faithful in good times and bad. Called to believe that God has grabbed onto us and will never let us go despite the evidence that seems to point to the contrary. Now, maybe some of you have never been baptized. I would love nothing more than for you to receive this gift. Or maybe you have children who have never been baptized. If that's so, let me invite you to change that fact about your life or the life of your child and and come and be cleansed Come and be immersed in God's love and mercy and grace. Come and be transformed through the the water and the Holy Spirit. You could talk to me today if you'd like. Let's wash you in God's promises in the very near future. May God bless you, his baptized people, or his soon-to-be baptized people. Be blessed for ministry in his name today. But more than anything, may he bless you with a confident peace in his daily presence, that he is with you in your work and in your play. May he, by some miraculous act, stir up faith enough in you to trust him today, no matter what you're facing. When you were baptized, God performed a miracle by making you his own, and he is making you his own this very moment as well. Thanks be to God. Amen.